podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Heart and Hand is proudly sponsored by NordVPN. Uh, David, we've had the opportunity to use our Nord accounts in the last couple of weeks. Um, as someone who hasn't had a, a, an overwhelming experience with uh, using virtual networks, I'm really enjoying being able to use uh, my Nord account. And I think that, you know, with someone such as yourself with a background in it, it's proven to be to be really, really important to you. Well, yeah, I used to work in web for a number of years. And in fact, that was my interest in web that made me start a podcast, you know, and then get interested in all the, the new things you could do. Uh, and therefore, internet security has always been something that, that I take a special interest in. Because I think like most people now, Cammy, I do so much of... Uh, my life is 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 online and so much of it is important stuff like banking and whatnot so it really is important to me to know that I'm using something that's quite safe and that I'm I'm making sure my details are as safe as they can be because I've had the thing in the past where you know I've had to change bank cards and it's a pain in the neck and you know takes ages to get reset so I'm keen to avoid that any way that I can and especially we using things like public wi-fi networks which you know hackers love that's the kind of places hackers go to so knowing that I just need to flip on the NordVPN and I'm safe and protected is huge it will allow you access into different streaming services as well, but they have the option of over 59 different countries. Uh, so you can change your virtual location with just one click as well, uh, which gives you some real opportunities to be able to go out to get loads of different um, content, no matter what your entertainment is going to be, David. And I think that, as you've said, living in that kind of virtual world now, um, it just really opens up all the different benefits to it as well. And personally speaking, uh, as someone who, similar to yourself, just does so much stuff online, but you're out and about constantly as well, having that kind of sense of security is also really, really important too. Yeah, and it sounds geeky, uh, and I admit to being a big geek, but it's really not. It's it's just something that I think with anybody who uses things to, to make their life easier, this helps, you know, this this just puts your mind at rest a wee bit. And it's something I'm always banging on to uh, to, to my stepdaughter and, and to my wife to make sure that, that they use it too. So I've used many VPNs in the past, but but Nord is the market leader for a reason. It is the best one. And it was the one I would have recommended anyway. Uh, never mind the fact that, that we're sponsored by them now. But it's, it's a really good tool. It's really useful. If you need to take a short holiday for any reason, then it's the, it's the ideal thing for that. But for me, the, the main thing is that I know, flip this on, and that's me nice and secure. And I can go about my business without having to worry that I'm going to have to run the risk of exposing my my, my personal information to people that really shouldn't get a hold of it. You can get a NordVPN account as well through Heart and Hand with a fantastic discount as well. If you could go to nordvpn.com uh, forward slash heart and hand, H-E-A-R-T-A-N-D-H-A-N-D, um, you'll be able to go straight into a benefit site, which will then give you a discount on that. If for whatever reason the, the uh, discount isn't there, you can just write into the coupon box, Heart and Hand, all one word, and you'll be able to then have your discount applied there as well. Go on and check it out, folks. It is absolutely fantastic. David and I both love it, uh, and we'd love to get you uh, using it as well to provide that safety and security, and more importantly, peace of mind. Thanks now.
Hello everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is Cameron Bell. I am delighted to be joining you on this week's flagship show in place of young Mr Edgar. You will hear from David later on folks, so um, we will fill that Mr Edgar shaped hole in your life. Uh, But I'm delighted to be joined by one of my bestest buds and someone who can give me a real insight into the game that we're going to talk about and that is Mr Adam Thornton. Adam, welcome to the flagship. Thank you for joining me uh, this week. It's a pleasure to have you on. Oh, it's wonderful to talk about two defeats. Thank you very much for uh, for having me on. Yeah, um, I won't ask if people are, are well. It, it feels a bit like a redundant question because uh, Rangers did a good job of ruining my weekend in terms of we hoped that that was going to be the game to be used to bounce back following the defeat to Malmo uh, and uh, a wee trip up to Tanaday. She thought, well, that seems like it could be a good opportunity to put us back on track and how wrong we were, Adam. Yeah, um, I think we now need a, a bounce bounce back, don't we? Um, it wasn't great. Um, there was a wee bit of a feeling pre-game. I was talking to Martin. Uh, we, we said I'm not too sure about this. I um, thought the team was, was okay, uh, all things considered. Um, but I don't like to make big declarations with two or three games gone. Um, but we know that uh, midfield... Setups like Davis, Kamara, and Jack possibly are, are useful for really big games away in Europe um, only. I would say uh, at this stage, but we never really used it too much last last season. Um, I, I think with Lundstrom, you're you're hoping that he's going to offer more attacking threat than he than he has done. Although he didn't really do it at Sheffield United, but I guess it kind of stands to reason if you're playing in a a less uh, a less strong league, you're you're going to give get that opportunity to drive forward yourself, given how much possession you've got of the ball. But if I'm being kind, he looks like he's taking a bit of time to adjust to having so much of the ball, uh, and isn't quite there in terms of concentration levels, um, given he's probably having to do less defending than he would have done before. So there's a wee bit of adjustment there, but I think that that three didn't quite work for me. I think we needed uh, a bit more from from deep. Obviously missing Hadji. Um, and missing Jack, as we said, uh, Aribo probably needed a little bit further forward given uh, the absence of of Sakala and Roof. So it, it's a wee bit of a, I was going to say jigsaw jigsaw puzzle, Cammy, but it's a wee bit of a, like a game of Jenga just now. You kind of have to slot people in wherever you see fit. Um, and yeah, it was insipid. I think was probably the the best word I would use to describe it. So if we had to use a Jenga analogy, we would say a strong foundation where you take risks. You have to move the pieces about and be aggressive. Is that is that what you're yeah. kind of saying? We'll yeah, okay, that. that's right. Excellent. We'll do that one. Um, we will talk. Let's do the starting lineup just now. Then John McLaughlin um, continued his uh, place in goals in, in in the league games uh, as he kept Alan McGregor out. Back four of James Tavernier, Connor Goldson, Philip Holander, Bonabarisic. Midfield, as you mentioned, in there had uh, John Lundstrom, uh, Stephen Davis, and Glenn Kamara. Um, with Joe Aribo, Alfredo Morelos and Ryan Kent as the forward three. Um, Kamar Roof had to miss the game. Um, unfortunately, there was an incident with his son. His son was in hospital. Um, everyone at heart and hand obviously passed on our best wishes his, uh, best wishes to the Roof family um, and hope for a speedy recovery. Um, and Fashion Sakala missed out due, uh, due to injury. There wasn't much given out about that, Adam, which I thought was a bit of a surprise because your first immediate thought is, well, for missing a striker, what do we have on the bench? Cedric Itton was in the bench. He would obviously come on and play a part later on. Um, but no fashion Sakala and, and nothing really given from the club as to regards why he wasn't there. No, it's a bit um it's a bit frustrating that, that there has been a lot of uh, a lot of injuries and suspensions and 
um, throughout the start, which has probably disrupted us. I was a bit surprised uh, as well. Um, I guess the manager wasn't asked pre-game by, by Sky Sports, so there's always that. The focus was maybe more on on Kamar Roof. But yeah, um, it was disappointing. I think we've had the same with, with Aribo and Malmo. And then um, I think Hadji, there was a wee bit of, of debate about um, before the game on Tuesday as well. But um, he wasn't asked the, the question and he, he didn't offer Sakala uh, as, a, as an injury worry, which I think we now know. Um, looking at the bench, uh, there wasn't a lot there. More than, than Tuesday night, but there wasn't a lot there. So I think that was a bit of a concern if we're looking to change the game. Um, I think Itton and, and Scott Wright have, have potential. But again, looking at the type of game, there it is. Um, they're not really unlocking defences. They're more, um, I guess, what you would say is better on the on the counter attack. So, um, like I said, we are just trying to. It feels like we're just trying to get through these suspensions and injuries, etc., and get a full squad to choose from. But um, at the same time, we do have very important games. Yeah, we do, and I think a welcome return uh, for Alfredo Morelos. We'd seen obviously Morelos had been in. Uh, quarantine and, and, and Rangers had given him like an exercise bike, uh, bike and some free weights and, and then you saw the video of him out you know doing some some uh, some training as well um, I had said on, a, on the on the previous week's extra Adam that I think following what's happened in Malmo it might have been a conversation around should we have given Cedric Kitten minutes against Livingston you know it's ifs and buts and pots and pans and what can you do but I think that this game was purposely engineered in order to give Alfie a start. He looked fit. He looked ready to go. There was there was not a question for me of, of any issues around fitness, etc. So quite clearly, uh, the management staff were, were happy to, to, to start him. Um, but I do believe that that was with design on one eye on Tuesday night, which um, I, I think, like you say, we can all pretty much guarantee Alfie's on that starting 11. Yeah, he, he looked... Um... He looked sharp. I think we've seen that from. Well, sorry, I, I should say he looked. He looked lean and, and fit. Um, I think we've seen that from the, from the the photos and the the pictures of him running the videos of him on running around the the car park, etc. Um, but I think he is one of these players that maybe needs a little run to get sharpness back, um, particularly in front of goal. And I think we've seen with um the one chance that he had. Well, he had two chances in the first half, but I guess the one where he, he kind of hits it over the um left hand post. Uh, if he'd been here a little bit longer, he might have taken an extra touch. And you never know. But um, I, I thought overall he was fine. He, he definitely wasn't close to being the issue. Um, I have to, I have to say, I don't necessarily agree. There's a lot of chat over over Twitter and, and with journalists etc. about how he should have been back earlier, and, and I find it a little bit unhelpful. Um, he he played in the Copa America uh, third place playoff, so he played the day before the World Cup final. Um, he only had. I'm not sure, two and a half weeks possibly of a break and then he came back and had to quarantine. Um, so I'm, I'm not quite following the he should have been back earlier uh, line. I, I don't really fully understand that. If he had come back earlier, he would have basically spent his two and a half weeks off in a hotel um, quarantining, which um, I don't think is, is really fair on him and I don't think it gives him the, the level of fitness that, that he would have wanted. So I, I don't quite understand the should have been back earlier narrative, uh, which seems to be forming. I think nothing that I don't think the club could have done anything there I don't think Morelos necessarily has to do anything there he hasn't been back for that game because he's played a game three or four weeks earlier um which was or he's, or he's been involved sorry in a, a squad that was playing a game three or four weeks earlier in the in the Copa America so I find that a little bit of a red herring um but in saying that I think now that he's had that long period 
Um, and the starting lineup against Dundee United, I think we expect him to maybe be a little bit more sharper on, on Tuesday night. And we've seen before these are the games that he, he tends to come alive in. So, yeah, I'll hope to see that. Yeah, and as you say, I mean, I know obviously you're saying that he played in the third four players in the in the in the Euros final, and it was the same. It's the same period, and I think that people maybe if they're grasping straws, what they're also saying as well, that was really his only game, and therefore he shouldn't have that many minutes in his legs. What does he need a holiday for? All of that to one side, I think that you just you need to make sure that he's well rested for being able to come back. My concern when he came back was he might come back a little bit out of shape. He might come back a little bit. You know, as if he's been kind of stepped. I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I thought he came back in great shape. I thought he came back looking, as you say, really lean. Um, and he quite clearly had the the desire to to be able to try and get it. I think, however, it is fair to say that a couple of chances, one that you mentioned there, a couple that he snatched at uh, later on in the game, is purely just down to lack of games and lack of minutes to be able to get into that as well. Um, and he was creating chances within that. I think. You are our tactics expert, and 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 you know a lot about this. You know far more than I do. I think that the the, the thing that you can also see from Morelos, there's other players who will start to form similar ideas where they'll start to kind of get pulled out of position a little bit. Ryan Kent is one of the worst offenders for it. He did it a lot in Sweden, and I thought at times it looked like as if he was trying to get some of that happening in, at at, at Tanadice and Saturday, where he was dropping a bit further back. It looked like he was trying to recycle the ball a bit more. With with Joe Aribo playing out in the, the right hand side, I actually thought that worked, and I thought that Aribo was looking um, pretty pretty offensive when he was going forward. He looked positive because he wanted to go with the ball, but it just felt as if the shape started to to flux a little bit too much. Yeah, um, like I said, I don't necessarily think Morelos was was the issue, uh, and while um, Ryan Kent didn't have a good game um, and didn't have a good game uh, in midweek as well. Um, I always give him the benefit of the doubt, um, and the reason I do that is because of, of what you said there. He ha- when he's having to come so deep to get on the ball, that's a fault of the the supply line. So that's the midfield or, or the fullbacks not being able to get Ryan Kent the ball in a dangerous area. Um, yes, he was put on the ball, but you also need to think about where he's receiving the ball. If he's receiving it 10, 15, 20, even 30 yards further back than he has before, he is the type of player who's going to try and beat as many men as he can and, and create an opening. He's just doing it in the wrong areas of the pitch. So there's possibly an argument that he should stay up the park and wait until the ball comes to him, but it, it wasn't happening. Um, so uh, there's a little bit of both there. When he gets the ball, the quality isn't quite there at this stage in the season, but at the same time, he's having to come and find the ball, which which isn't ideal. Um, on the right-hand side, um, <clears throat> yeah, there's been a lot of chat about Lundstrom. I think... I think most of it's overplayed at this stage. I think it's just someone new coming in, taking time to adjust. I think he, he was way off it in that game. Um, there is a bit of a, a, a pattern, I guess, in terms of not tracking runners in, in the last two games. We have had defensive mistakes outside of that um, that possibly um, would have rendered those uh, wanderings, if you like, from Lundstrom uh, obsolete. But... Um, I just think consistency selection is such a big thing. Um, on the left-hand side, we, we know Barisic, Kamara and Kent is our, our strongest. On the right-hand side, there's even debate about whether Tavernier should be playing instead of Patterson. But in front of that, there's just so many options and possibilities. Even so far this season, in those three games, we've had a different central midfielder and a different right forward playing with Tavernier in each of the three games. Um, consistency and, and ability, like you said, knowing your team and knowing where someone runs, where they don't run, when they're going to tuck in, when they're going to cover, um, that's all part of, of becoming a team. Um, and it just looks a little bit disjointed um, for me. Um, hopefully, uh, as the manager 
said um, that that we now we now have a, a few options more than we did um, even at the weekend or, or certainly last week in terms of players coming back in and it's players that have been big for us and it's ball players, creative players that can take the game to Malmo. So hopefully it's just a blip uh, and we can get these guys firing. Well, that, that's what I was going to say was, well, Lundstrom in particular, and I do want to get your kind of thoughts on this because, I mean, we let's, you know, we, we can't get away without talking about the goal that, that ultimately decided the match as well. Jamie Robson is running through and it, Lundstrom looks like he's tracking him. Now, there is a wicked bounce off of Stephen Davis's thigh, which puts the ball completely over the top of the players, but Robson continued on with his run. Now, there's going to be two schools of thought on this. Lundstrom should have carried on marking him and going with him, been able to try and do whatever he can at that point. And the other school is, well, there's also the back four there, and he's going to be running between Tavernier and Goldson anyway. So therefore, he could almost pass him on to be able to do that. But whilst the move is happening... There's obviously a decision that's made to be there. I don't know if it's the right one or the wrong one because, again, like I say, you could you, it's 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 apples and pears in terms of how you want to be able to try and argue. It. But for me, I think he has to continue just running with him anyway. I don't know if that means then that there's a defender who's kind of saying to him, "Leave him, and I'll do I'll do my job. You stay where you are." But at the point where the ball broke for Robson, it, it, it could it could not have fallen for him better in terms of being able to put it by uh, McLaughlin and coming at McLaughlin's left hand post. It's disappointing, but this is the this is a slight issue that I've got. I think that people and don't get me wrong, right? We've seen it, and plenty, plenty of people within the mainstream media enjoying having a big pop at us at the moment in terms of heads are down, teams are coll- I've heard ridiculous things like you know we can't play in front of crowds, which all of which is garbage. Right? I'm not saying that, but there is definitely something in there where I don't know if it's a concentration lapse, brain farts, if it's just switching off at the wrong time for just even a split second it just feels like as if it's it's all kind of going against us at the moment are you concerned about where that sits at just now or is this something that you think the players can regroup get a bit of refocus and then be able to try and and and, and just i suppose really just pull themselves together a bit I, I would say that's just sensationalist i don't think there's anything in that at all um, yes, based on the goals that, I've, that we've conceded, all, all three of them having having some issues down that right hand side. Uh, yes, concerned if it's just cohesiveness in terms of getting back into the season, having players coming in out of the team, having new players that's taking time to gel. That's fine. I think on the evidence of of the last season, there's no reason to suggest that that will continue for a for a long period of time. If we're starting to get into a situation in five, six, eight games time where we're still shipping goals then I think there is something structurally there that we probably want to look at um, on the Dundee United goal I do get your point it takes the deflection but Robson gambles and, and Robson goes he, he doesn't need to he's not suggest. I don't think he's intending to, to receive that ball when he passes it but it, it does get deflected but he's he's the one that gambles and, and takes it whether you can say it's Lundstrom that should follow him through um, or whether it's Goldson or, or Tavernier that should come and cover. I don't know. I don't, I'd be erring on the side of the defenders should be coming out to cover that. I don't think Lundstrom does a great job. doesn't necessarily pass him over, but given how deep it is, I think we should be looking for the defence not to be as flat there, whether Goldson should have been a little bit further back to anticipate that, or whether Tavernier should come over and try and make that that challenge. I'm not sure. All, all I know is, and it's similar to Malmo on, on Tuesday night, the three of them 
uh, had a little bit of a brain fart then for both of the goals, and I think there was something similar there, maybe just not as pronounced. So I'm not sure on that one, but all I know is that Robson was sure he made the run uh, and it got through to him, um, and it was a decent finish. I think it's fair to say that, you know, when we've come away from it, we have to look at it in terms of the overall performance. I I still had a feeling, Adam, genuinely, that goal was scored just after the hour mark, and I didn't think at that point, right, it's completely game over. I, my brain starts to fall into this thing. I don't know if yours is the same, that it's kind of like almost starts to break the remaining amount of time into into segments. So, like, for example, if we can go back in the next 10 minutes as an equaliser, then we've got you know, the next 15 to 20 minutes to be able to get a winner, all of that kind of thing, right? And I didn't feel at any point as if that was going to be the case that, right, well, that's it, done, the game's burst, blah, 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 what have you. But we definitely just fail, and, and this is something else I want to kind of touch on as well, because I don't want to necessarily have a go at Jermaine Defoe, Cedric Itton, because there wasn't something, I think you referred to the bench earlier on, about how we can look to be able to try and change the game in our favour if that had to happen. Um, I think Cedric Kitten has I mean he definitely has been able to come on and he's been able to produce right and he has contributed from the bench I'm not suggesting that for a minute um, but there's also a point here where I think that Jermaine Defoe I think we need to have a larger conversation about, about how much he's going to be able to contribute for us at the top level um, and what he can do at this point because Defoe has been guilty at times of coming on almost trying too hard and then causing himself a pull or a tweak, giving himself an injury, and then it's it's caused some time out. And there's no shame to being able to say, look, you know, certain games, cup games potentially next, you know, next Friday and, you know, when we played in Fairman, that that's the games that you'll you'll feature more heavily in. But top flight games, maybe it's not for you. For those two coming on, I, I just didn't really feel as if that was going to give us much of an opportunity to be able to try and get what we were going to uh, get out of the game. <clears throat> yeah, I don't think... Um, obviously, Defoe's scored lots of goals for us um, in those situations, but I think if, if he's now reaching the point where he's going to be more of a coach than, than a striker, I think we'd, we need to back it and, and give him that, that place in the team as, I guess, the third Striker, it's kind of up for debate what Sakala and, and Roof really are, but I guess behind um, behind Roof and Morelos, we need to be given it as, as much game time as we can as the focal point. Um, he needs that, I think. My concern with him is, first of all, I think he works better in a two, um, uh, and second of all, he looks like the type of player who, who needs a run of five or six games to, to really start to bed into a team. Um, he's not going to get that with us. I think I said that at the start. His his playing style, um, for the size that he is, his playing style is is very different to what you would expect. He is quite good. He can kind of come from deep. He makes good runs into the channels, etc. I don't believe that playing style is is suited to um, games like Saturday against Dundee United. Um, I feel like he's maybe more of an option, um, which necessitates the fact well that is not how we play so he's always going to have that against him uh, in terms of um, not going to get a run in the team because his skill set for me isn't quite suited to playing every single team in the league in the way that a Morelos or, or a Roof is so um, I don't know uh, I do feel for him because I do like him and I do think he has contributed at times um, but it's just it's a bit of a conundrum and certainly at this stage in the season I don't think we can be really affording to, to gamble on 
playing players at the expense of other players in the hope that they that they do well, I think we'll probably want to go with tried and trusted for the, the early stages of the season. So, yeah, bit of a strange one, but I would still say that I would be um, of the opinion that given Defoe's move into coaching, it would be good to invest a bit more of Defoe's minutes into it. And it's not, and listen, I think the, the, the big thing with that is that there's maybe a bit of a a wake-up call with that. And I'm not suggesting for a single minute. Like, Jermaine, Jermaine Defoe's playing career will finish. It hopefully will finish with Rangers because I hope that Jermaine Defoe remains at Rangers for a very long time. Because I think in a coaching capacity, I think he's got a tremendous personality. I think people will listen to him. I think that we've already seen other players, including our top striker, benefit from being able to try and have him there. Um, and I get the fact that it's incredibly difficult for a player to do is to eventually know when to hang up the boots. I think the manager will help him with that in terms of that transition with him as well. But I think you're right. I think there's a, a point to that where if we do have Roof and we do have Sakala, more than likely Defoe will find himself down the pecking order. But there will be games that he can contribute in in terms of where that's there. Adam, let's talk a little bit around, you, you mentioned before about the kind of sensationalism of the uh, of the reaction, etc. So let's, let's do some cold hard numbers. Our first defeat in 41 games. Um, this is... The, the 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 second time in 40 games where we've failed to score a goal this team can regroup this team can come back and um, and we're going to talk to David in just a minute around uh, this morning's press conference and Stephen Davis was talking around the, the fact that the players themselves acknowledged the performance wouldn't uh, wasn't good enough there's no need to, to to overreact I think as you said earlier on there's no um, major piece that's missing here yes without you know, with injuries, suspensions, whatever, and we've got players who have been missing, I do understand that. So we're not at a fully fit squad yet. But that being said, there is an opportunity for us now to be able to try and come back collectively, and that will start tomorrow night against Malmo. Yeah, yeah, no, I completely agree. I think you're right. I think it's um, I think it's just a. I'm not concerned, like you said, 40, 41 games, one defeat. I think the the obvious parallels I can see in terms of of fan reaction is that Livingston game around uh, about this time last last year or maybe two weeks uh, two weeks later but we um what we do now now we had the same kind of tepid performance the tempo wasn't there at all we we were just felt like we were going through the motions and I don't mean that in a harsh way but it just felt like we were in in that zone of let's just kick the ball and we'll try and something will happen if we keep kind of plodding and throwing crosses into the box and it was never going to happen we could have played. Um, for weeks that night, uh, that day, sorry, and, and never got them. And I think we probably felt the same on on Saturday. Um, the challenge is, is I think you, you mentioned it, the challenge is for the team to prove that it's just a one off and to prove that they can then keep going from that Livingston game last year. Um, we were almost flawless for the the rest of the league campaign. Um, so that is that is the challenge. You get through Tuesday night, got the cup game on Friday. Whatever comes next midweek in terms of of Europe, and we we start again against Ross County, and we go up there and try and get try and get a win. And it's way too early to be talking any nonsense about getting back on track, despite uh, the proclamations coming from the East about the new Barcelona. But um, I think we just need to deal with these next four or five games and see where we're at. Yeah, and there's something to that I think where, and I'm keen to get your kind of opinion on that too, where. I think we we would kind of discuss. I'm sure I spoke about this with Colin last week, where it was very much a kind of idea of sometimes that these things, like the longer you go unbeaten, you, you remember when we we had it with a clean sheet record, and the longer you go unbeaten, 
it, it kind of starts to, to gather more weight and puts more pressure on you. And eventually, because we were not, and I hate to break this to anyone who maybe thought this before half past 12 last Saturday, we were not going to go through this season unbeaten domestically in the league. It just simply wasn't going to happen. It just never happens. But there is also a part of me that thinks maybe it's because of the time of it, Adam, because we're obviously it's sandwiched in between two massive Champions League qualifiers. And yet all of a sudden we've kind of hit panic mode because we've now got to the stage of, well, we've lost games. What, you know, what does that feel like? This is what it feels like. We've not scored. What does that feel like? Well, this is what it feels like. And now we just have to kind of take a breath, I think. And we have to trust the manager and his record, especially in European qualifiers. We have to trust this team who went unbeaten in the league last season, had one of the best defences, I think, of any Rangers team in its history, that, do you know what? We can suffer a small episode, but if you're going to do it, and, and, and this is maybe where I may get some detractors for this, if you have to lose games, it's always better to, in my opinion at least, do it at the start where you've got an opportunity to regroup, to bring it back in, because you don't want to be losing this if you're in a tight, tight little run-in, and then all of a sudden arsey start quivering. We can do this now, we can swallow it, and then, as I say, we've got to then move on, and you know, the, the best way to be able to do that is to get a full Ibrox uh, rocking tomorrow. Yeah, it's funny. I, I remember saying, saying on pods and, and probably saying in private quite a bit that, that once we got the title done, it'd be nice because you could just take a breath and and uh, not that things would would not that things would mean less this year, but just that that pressure and that stress w- was kind of lifted a little bit. I think if the the last week's taught us nothing, that that was just a lot of nonsense. There's always going to be the the pressure and stress because of the the needs to to win every game, and I don't think that should ever go away. Um, and hopefully the players feel that. I, I do take your point. It is obviously better to to have a stumble earlier in the season, provided it's not a critical one. Um, if it gives the players a jolt, and I don't mean that in a they're not up for it kind of way, but if it's maybe just a wee shock to the system, like the fans have acclimatised to having to lose games again and maybe the players aren't used to it as well, if that is something that then refocuses the mind and we can go on a, a run, um, till the end of the month, like I said, uh, a successful one, then I think we're in a, I think we're in a really good place there. But that is on the the basis that we do actually, we do, do actually do that. We've seen the squad uh, react before. I think it's maybe slightly unfair if 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 people are saying, oh, they they basically didn't really need to deal with with much adversity last year. I don't hugely buy into that. You've got games like um, games like Motherwell before Christmas. You've got a couple of Hibs games. Um, Aberdeen away in January even Celtic at Ibrox where um, we weren't really great and we still managed to ground out the win uh, games in Europe as well there was a lot of adversity last year just because we didn't lose many games doesn't mean that there wasn't situations in games where we had to dig deep or we were on the rocks etc so uh, I think the team has has a a big mentality a strong mentality and I don't think there's any any questions at this stage of, of bottles crashing or anything like that I don't believe that would be that would be the case for a minute no, and we've we've seen that before. When you see, yes, albeit there's been changes, I grant you, but we look at the 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 League Cup final and been able to just simply move past that and then get a win at Parkhead. It's things like that that, to my measure, you need to be able to trust in the team, trust in the process, and be able to 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 make sure to where it is. On that note, before we start talking about Malbo, let's jump in uh, as a quick opportunity earlier on to, to speak to David Edgar, um, who uh, was at this morning's press conference with Stephen Gerrard, Stephen Davis, and also um, has been at Ibrox for the Malmo press conference, and Malmo were also hosting an opening training session. So let's hear from David now. 
And joining me now on the flagship is our very own Mr. David Edgar. David, thank you for joining us. Uh, you are currently on your way home, um, having been at Ibrox for the Malmo press conference and open training session. You were also part of the press conference this morning. Just to dip into that really quickly, how did you find the mood of the manager and Stephen Davis uh, in response to Saturday's defeat at Tannadice? Really good, actually. Um, anyone who's watched the Gaffer and our press conference will know that there are sometimes he's in a really good mood and other times maybe not quite so much. But I thought he looked very confident. Didn't try to to avoid the fact that, that Saturday was a really poor performance. But he looked, I thought, relaxed and confident and uh, hard to read anything into to that. But he, he certainly looked very determined and um, I, I thought he was in fine form, I'll put it that way. And you took the opportunity to ask uh, Stephen Davis um, how the players were looking to be able to try and regroup and, and make an assessment on that performance and also lift it for Malmo tomorrow night. Yeah, I asked him about intensity because I thought that's what we lacked on Saturday. So obviously players don't go out to not to play with intensity, but but how can you change that so quickly that you'll deliver tomorrow? And what he said was, over the course of a season, it happens that you're not at your best. Everybody's very disappointed. But it's a case of going out in the next game and making sure that you're on it. it it's a psychological point. I think if anybody could bottle intensity and, and be able to tell you that it will definitely be shown, it will be on the next game. But as he said, the, the, the team has bounced back from disappointments in the past uh, and they're, they're very well aware of what this, this game means to everyone. And as part of Heart and Hand's uh, media partnership with Rangers, you were also at Ibrox um, earlier on this afternoon to attend a Malmo press conference and also look at their open training session. Yeah, um, it was their, their captain, Andreas Christensen, and their uh, manager, John Dal Thomason, um, both of whom were very impressive, incidentally fluent English speakers, and as I say, both you know, two very intelligent guys. Uh, what was interesting to me, Cammy, coming out of it was that both of them said more than once Rangers are the favourite. And I think that that's, that that's clearly been something that they've discussed. Um, and John Dal Thomas and a couple of times went back to, you look at the financial implications, it's, it's so much, you know, bigger Rangers are so much better financially than us. So that was clearly, I think, something that they had decided they were going to try and get across um, in the press conference. So that happened. And uh, they also spoke about Rangers, uh, a good team. They've got a lot of technical players, was how they described it. Um, and of course, you know, John Dal Thomas didn't try to hide that, that the loss of that goal in the last minute was was a big blow. He said um, it's a good result, but two 0 it would have been a perfect. So I think you know that we felt it was a big goal. Um, what he said was though his team have got to come and handle the occasion, um, but footballers should want to play in front of big big crowds. Um, and he said it's about managing the expectations uh, of. Or so it's about you know managing to to thwart the expectations of the crowd and see if you can get them to turn on the fans a wee bit, uh, turn on the players a wee bit. So I think it's important then that, that we as a support are patient tomorrow night and that we stay with them uh, throughout the game. But you know watching them, they look again. They're, they're they're running through their training. They they're, they're a strong bunch physically. You can see that um, technical, well organised. It's going to be a tough game. Sorry, broke up just a wee bit there, David. You're just saying you, you can see them being well organised. They are physical, right. and, it, and it's it's not going to be a 
it's not going to be a pushover, is what you're saying? No, no, absolutely. It's going to be a tough game. They're, they're a good side, um, and they know they're in a good position. I do think because they both referred back to that last minute goal, and I'm obviously looking at it from a you know a Rangers point of view, but I I do think the fact that they both, without being prompted, went back to that last minute goal, I, I think it definitely did at least open up a little gap in their psychology a wee bit that hopefully we'll take advantage of. So is, uh, there's an opportunity there to hopefully go and assert ourselves from the from the kickoff tomorrow. Yeah, look, see, it could be two one, and they've got the last minute winner, and then they'd probably feel totally different to the way that they do. You know, it's it's one of these things. Of course, it means nothing if we don't turn up tomorrow. We've, we've got to turn up, and we've got to be a lot better than we've been in the last two games. I'm confident we will be. I think we've got big players coming back, um, and I think the crowd is going to be epic. I really do. I think the crowd are going to be, you know, one of those nights that everybody remembers. And um, Adam and I have just kind of spoken a little bit there around the, the, there's obviously a financial reward for Malmo as much as there is for us and, and quite clearly there will be one eye on, on the potential uh, jackpot at the end of the rainbow. It's interesting you say that because John Dale Thomason said that. He said, you know, uh, I keep hearing how important that is for, for Rangers. Uh, he did say a nice thing. He says it's great to see Rangers back where they belong. So uh, well, that was, was a nice touch. But he said, I keep hearing how important financially it is for Rangers. He says it's massive for us. You know, it's, it's absolutely enormous for a club like Malmo. So, yeah, um, I think both sets of players know just how big this is tomorrow. David, I'll let you carry on with your journey home. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure, mate. Thank you. Adam, David, they are talking about the, the, the fact that Malmo have, have, you know, listen, they've got a job to do. And I think that we spoke last week that you saw the the players almost burst as soon as the Stephen Davis goal went in. Of course, it's not an equaliser. Of course, everything is still in the balance. But that one, you know, was a real, real damage for them. And I think that uh, as you're hearing David talk there, Malmo will come over. They will try and and, and do everything they possibly can to make it stuffy, to make it a bit tight. Um, They'll want to be able to come over to make sure that we get frustrated. Um, and, and whether or not that means defensively they have to be able to camp in they might try and stretch us a bit we, we saw the high lines that they can play and how we need to to take more of an opportunity to exploit that because we didn't do so anywhere near to, to my liking in Sweden um, but they are definitely here to be able to try and, and, and look what they can achieve and, and clubs of, of our kind of levels when we have to go through this prolonged qualifying process you know the money is a huge huge incentive for them so you know, these guys are not here to make up numbers. They're not here just to think, right, well, we'll just see what we can do. They want to come out with purpose. Yeah, they, they got, a, in terms of the, the numbers, I think you're right. The, the league supported them the week before. They gave them the weekend off before our game. Um, but they didn't do the same this weekend. In fact, I've seen they were complaining a little bit because they were made to play on, on Saturday night or Saturday half five, I think it was, that they, they kicked off. So... Um, technically, we've had had five hours more rest. Plus, they've got travel, etc. There, so that might have a have a have a bearing on them. Again, you need to say they're a little bit more into the season, so they might be fresher than us, anyway. Um, but there's all these little things that will come together. They the away the away goals thing. I I, I like away goals. I'm a a fan of them. I don't see any reason for them to be, um, for them to be taken away. I like the the kind of jeopardy. I do take the point, but. Um, I feel like we have done very well with away goals over the years. Probably done badly on on some occasions that I'm, I'm misremembering, but I feel like we've done we've done okay on them. Um, so it's really difficult to know how how the game is going to go because if I agree on on Tuesday night, the the goal 
gave us a huge boost. You could argue that it must not have given us a massive boost given the performance in, on Saturday. Um, but it kind of knocked the wind out their sails a little bit. Whether or not that carries over into this game in terms of how they're feeling about that, I'm not sure if that really carries a week over. But um, their approach will be interesting because if it was an away goal, we just need to get one and then we're in the... We're in the driving seat. As it stands, we need to get two. Therefore, the expectation for us, I think, is that we come out and try and blow them away early doors. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they how they react. They, if they sit in and play their back three, um, then that's fine. But we've seen that they're quite intelligent in terms of how they press, how they position their, their wide midfielders, and they'll try and cut off the supply um, from, from Barisic and Tavernier. So that's interesting, and it kind of comes back to the midfield again. Um, obviously, no Kamara, which... Um, helps us control these type of games, but I think possibly control isn't something we're looking for in this. I think we, I don't think we need to be gung ho, but I think we need some attacking intent from the middle of the park. So whoever plays in there, um, whether it's Aribo, whether it's Hadji, whether it's Arfield's partner in Davis and, and Lundstrom, then I, I think what they need to do is they need to be breaking forward and they need to be supporting because if Malmo are going to try and effectively cut off the supply in the wide areas we need that midfield to be getting forward in support of the the front three that's going to be huge but like I said with the no away goal it's interesting we'll see how how teams start to to approach these type of games with that that layer of complexity well we we had it confirmed um at the at the presser as we're just talking about there that um Liam Balligan is going to be fit Fashion Sakala is is fit as well um and the only other um Guys missing will be uh, Katic, Jack, and, and and obviously suspension. So that also obviously means that Hadji is fit as well. So I would be pretty stunned, Adam, that given, as you say, we have to be pretty offensive-minded uh, tomorrow night that if we don't start with a front three of uh, Kent, Morelos and Hadji, I'll be, I'll be very, very surprised. Yeah, I, I think you, you could argue Sakala maybe, but but given um, probably off the bench might be a bit more of a, a choice. I think if it was me, I'd probably err on playing Hadji deeper and playing Arivo up top, but um, either way, I think we both of them, they can play similar positions. Um, the interesting thing for me, I guess, is, is at the back because Balogun played most of the Europa games last year from memory and, and certainly the games that we were, we were playing at home. Uh, in the group stages um, that we had to press and that we had to play with a high line. So given that we need the two goals and we want to play up and have that little bit of jeopardy in terms of Balogun's pace to, to cover behind, could he play? Um, obviously last year the decision was Balogun or Hellander. Um, I'm not suggesting for a second that, that Gerard is going to not play Conor Goldson, but for me, Hellander is the... So... Um, Having him sit out to utilise Balogun's pace might not be a popular choice, but I just wonder, given the given the type of game, if that's something he would go with. Um, so that's a, that's an interesting decision for me as well at the at the centre back. What will be interesting, and and I, I think, like you say, not to be too critical in terms of where we are, because I thought one of our main weapons uh, has been our ability to find um, you know succinct crosses into the box. And I don't think that we saw a lot of that from James Tavernier and Borna Barisic um, in the last couple of games. And it's been difficult sometimes, and it's felt to me, and again, this might just be my opinion, and I'm keen to get your own, that it sometimes felt uh, against Malmo in Sweden, they, they, Borna just struggled a little bit to get forward. Like, it just felt as if it was a bit contained. 
he wasn't helped, as we mentioned earlier on, with the fact that Ryan Kent started to wander a little bit and maybe that started to, to unnerve him a wee while. But we've seen what these guys can do in terms of their, of their distribution, either from, from dead balls or within play. And that, for me, I think just needs sharpened up a notch. I think we just need to try and recapture some of that as well because... And listen, we've seen it, not necessarily from those guys, but we've seen that a cross ball can unlock everything. I go back to, to Leslie Warsaw or Joan Salfredo Morelos. But that kind of quality, when you know that you've got guys who can produce it, when it's not there, it just feels like a big miss. It does, and especially when, like we said, the fullbacks are, are a huge source of, of creativity. Um, and it most of the time it needs both of them, so that we've got that down each flank. Um Barisic again is as a player I would class that we, we really see the best out of him when he gets a consistent run in the team. Um, he didn't have any injury or many injury issues last year up until the the end of the season. I think we've really seen the benefit of that. I, I do think he tailed off a little bit in the second half of the season compared to the first, but um, there could be all sorts of, of factors around that. Um, but in these two games, yeah, he has looked a little bit sluggish, possibly still recovering from his injury. He also had a bit of a short break. Um, so it might take him that little bit of getting up to speed, up to speed. But for me, yeah, he's he's key. Um, certainly, as you mentioned, delivery. Um, but also in terms of how he interacts with Kent, if he can get himself up the park and and cause um some damage on that left hand side and kind of pin Malmo back before they try and pin us back in the flanks, I think that would be really crucial. As always, it's it's how we manage it. I think and how we att- how we attempt to assert ourselves on the game and the tempo that we play at. If we play at the tempo that we know we can, um, then I don't think Malmo are, are a team that would be able to withstand huge amounts of pressure, but it needs to be done in the right way. Yeah, and, and that's... And I suppose, I mean, the manager um, and his post-match in Sweden asked for Ibrox to get behind them. Now, listen, don't get me wrong, right? And and I think you and I have both seen on, on socials there has been a big scramble for tickets, either people looking for them or people maybe with an extra one that they're looking to try and get rid of. The club uh, released more this afternoon um, and they were gone almost instantly. So we will have a full house tomorrow, I've got no doubt about it. It's going to be a huge game for us as well. I would I would encourage people to absolutely get behind the team but also show some patience as well. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. It's I was going to say it's a bit of a shame. A Champions League game that you have to win is is not a shame. It's, it's something that we should all be looking forward to. But I guess that when we have the first full house, we're coming off the back of two disappointing results. I think that's maybe not not great in terms of of approaching this game. But I don't think that will matter. Come. Come five minutes before kickoff, I think we'll be right up for it. Um, we've seen some great Champions League nights at Ibrox. We've seen some great Champions League qualifying nights at Ibrox as well. And hopefully, um, given everything that the team have done last year, hopefully two little blips um, will not be enough to, to deter us. And I think we'll be right behind the team. Yeah, I agree with that. Totally agree with that. I think that, as you say, we're kind of all going through that roller coaster of emotions. And Saturday afternoon, we were angry and disappointed and now we're kind of starting to kind of come out of that and and it'll just be nerves going into it tomorrow and then that excitement and I think it'll be electric tomorrow I really really do I think it's going to be fantastic uh, to get everyone back into Ibrox uh, for a Champions League qualifier and um, just to just to reiterate you know exactly what you just said there Adam it's this is where you want to this is where you want to be performing this is what you want to be included in so don't see it as a negative see it as a challenge and I think that um putting the trust in the manager um, his staff and also uh, the players 
uh, I, I feel pretty confident that we can get what we need to tomorrow night as well. Adam, um, thank you very much for joining me on this uh, this particular flagship for this week. Um, it's been great to have you on. Um, and again, like you say, I think uh, you've given me some some confidence, a wee boost for tomorrow. Oh, thank you. It's been it's been wonderful to be on, uh, and hopefully we get a, a couple of good results this week. Folks, if you've uh, enjoyed listening to myself and Adam, please jump on to our Patreon site, which is patreon.com forward slash heart and hand, where you will get a number of Rangers shows every single day with an archive uh, which has more than 5,000 podcasts in it. Um, you'd be able to go in there and listen to your heart's content about whatever Rangers-related subject you like, and a few non-Rangers-related ones as well, but there's some really, really excellent stuff in there. And for experts on some of the tactical analysis like Adam, if he can explain it to me, Trust me, you'll be able to understand it. Please jump on to have a wee look at that. Thank you to my guest, Adam Thornton, and also thank you to our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Mr Paul Myers. Let's uh, get a great result tomorrow night, folks. If you're going, make sure that everyone gets behind the team. Let's absolutely get through to the next stages because you know we can do it. Let's go. Podcast Network.